Hey, what's going on, everybody? So, I wanted to start something off and uh, do a little bit more the video side than just the audio side. So, this is going to be the video intro for YouTube. So, anyway, aside from that, I talked to Steve Kuklo. I've been watching this dude probably 10 years, something like that. I've uh, been a big fan of this guy. Um, obviously, coming from my bodybuilding background, and knowing who Steve is, if you've ever heard his name, it's because you're in the bodybuilding world. This guy's massive. He's on every podcast you can think of. He's been on the Olympia stage. <coughs> he has three bodybuilding shows. The dude has three shows that he promotes himself while he's also training for the Olympia. So I just needed to talk to this guy. I needed to kind of sit down and... Uh, have a conversation that was outside of the realm of bodybuilding, but then also kind of dive deep into uh, you know, some recent deaths that we've had within the bodybuilding community, along with like some stupid trends, like stop eating Rice Krispie treats before you go to the gym. It, uh, it's frustrating. So anyway, that's going to be it for the intro. Really excited for this one. I hope you guys love it and enjoy your time with myself and with Steve Kuklo. So enjoy and uh, see ya. Hey everybody. So today we have Steve Kuklo on. Steve, it's nice to, uh, to get you on my show finally. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely, man. You, uh, you hit me up and I was like, man, I'm all for this. You know, I do a lot of bodybuilding type podcasts, but I think something outside the box a little bit is uh, right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and let's just kind of jump right into it, because I know, like, you can Google your name, you know, and this gigantic behemoth of a man pops up, and, you know, you're stage ready and everything, and all your podcasts and stuff, like you said, you do, we do talk about bodybuilding mm -hmm. a lot, so I wanted to uh, to just get away from bodybuilding altogether to start off, and uh, kind of go back to where you, where you were born and kind of where you came from originally, because bodybuilding wasn't your original sport. Yeah. You actually... I, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, you're in the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Or just, <laughs> yeah, so w there's a lot to talk about. Sure. So let's just jump all the way back. And, and uh, where are you originally from? So I grew up in uh, Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I spent my whole adult life here in Dallas when I moved at, like, 21. I got hired in the fire okay. department. But I you know grew up playing sports, um, hockey, football, just all the sports kind of as a, as a kid you, you'd want to play. And, and um, it really led me to the path of bodybuilding ultimately because I loved being kind of the biggest, strongest, fastest guy um, any sport I played. So I always, I always trained really hard. And, and then it, it kind of led me into the weight room as I got into high school uh, into the football mm -hmm. program. And, and I just fell in love with the weights and always loved looking at muscle magazines, always loved going to the local competitions and stuff. And then when, uh, I started really, it's kind of like you start seeing those results and you're like, man, okay, like this could be a little addicting. And, and it's, it's kind of the iron addiction that comes because you start seeing, you know, a little tricep pop out or a little chest gets bigger and you're like, man, okay, like I like this. So that was really what led me into my passion for, uh, I would say self-improvement, bodybuilding, wanting to be um, the best version of myself and, and it, cause it was bodybuilding is very much a solo sport where it's, you know, it's not a team thing. It's something cause I've, I've grew up in team sports. So, um, you know, I, I liked that cause it's all on you. 
Um, but kind of going back to sports growing up, playing hockey, um, I played on a very uh, elite level team uh, growing up in my junior years and, and um, spent a lot of time in Canada playing because I was, you know, in Detroit, you're right across the border from Canada. Yeah, um, yeah I'm actually in Ann Arbor. Right okay. Now. So I'm 20 minutes from Detroit. Yeah. So and I grew up playing hockey. So I know yeah. all, like the little season. Yeah. All, the, all that, that whole organization was a part of. And, and so yeah. we ended up, uh, I ended up playing the team we played. They have the Silver Stick tournament, which is like one of the biggest international tournaments it's like u.s versus canada ends up being usually and and we end up winning that and kind of the prize for winning it is you get a silver stick with your name engraved and they put it in the hockey hall of fame so the year we won it you know we ended up going and uh being in the hockey hall of fame and the stick may still be there i, I haven't been to the hockey hall of fame in years but i mean it's just to say that we were there is pretty cool yeah yeah no that is pretty sweet i've i've gotten a chance to go up to because it's in toronto yeah. um and I've gotten a chance to go up there once, and it's when I was younger, and I was afraid of touching the cup because I still played yeah. hockey, you know, and it's like that you're not allowed to touch it till you win it. <laughs> and uh, now that I'm older and I'm obviously, you know, not playing anymore, <laughs> so I kind of I want to go back and check it out. So that would be something cool to, to look into yeah. to see if that's still yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. I've never, I Honestly, when I was looking at everything up, you know, just to get some background information, because sure. I've been a fan of yours for, for quite a while now. Um, but just to not sound like an idiot, you yeah. know, I wanted to have a little bit more intel and, and the hockey hall of fame thing threw me off. <laughs> it usually does. Not, like, wait a second. <laughs> it's like, we're like the record scratches. Yeah. Like, they're like, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. Like, were you out there for penalty yeah. minutes or like, yeah. what did you do? But yeah, no, that's pretty sweet. Did, uh, cause I know like growing up in this area, especially around like, you know, September, October, fall starts to come around. You're at the rink at 4 or 5 a.m., oh, yeah. you know, it's just nothing but fog and you can't even see the other end. And then you still have to go to school. Yeah. So when you're you're going through this whole process of, you know, being a hockey player and you're doing it at a high level, so you're on the ice, you know, one to three times a day sometimes mm -hmm. plus the weight room and everything. What's that transition like and how does your family take, um, you know, the, hey, I'm, I'm going to stop a team sport and, and focus solely on myself? You know, because especially with hockey, you know, there's five people on the yeah. ice with the goalie, and it's it's a very big team. With bodybuilding, you have a team surrounding mm -hmm. you, you know, like not to take them away, but it is all about you. Right. Um, and so how do your parents kind of take that, you know, like in this area, if you're a hockey player, you know, like they <laughs> want you to keep playing hockey. They don't want you to get imposing trunks right. and oil up. Right, you know? so, right. No, yeah, my, my family's always been change. super supportive of what I've done. Uh, my parents from, you know, starting sports at four or five years old and kind of working my way up, um, you know, through the ranks of things. And then obviously um, being very passionate about the things I've always done and then kind of leading that into bodybuilding. It, it was a little bit of – I remember the first time I told um, – my parents said, I was like, Hey, I want to do this bodybuilding thing. I'm going to go to a, do a show, you know, and they had they really had no idea what it was about. I mean, other than seeing maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger or seeing some videos or clips here and there, right. because yeah. everybody kind of equates bodybuilding to Arnold and stuff. But what led, um, into that, I mean, they were, they were a little bit like, okay, I guess, you know, cause I, I was at that point of my other sports career where I felt like it was either, I really kind of go all in on it or, but I felt like I was kind of losing my heart because the type of player, hockey player I was, was more the enforcer. And during the time of, of yeah. it, they kind of was going away. They didn't want the big hitters, fighters, and it wasn't, um, they wanted the more skilled players. So I was like, man, 
I'm like well, a dying breed. Uh, you're 37. Oh, no, no. Uh, when you quit playing hockey, you uh, going into a... 17, 17, right around 17, 17, 18. Okay, yeah, so you're playing like junior yeah. level. Yeah. Like you've gotten out of double mm-hmm. A and you're, okay, yeah. So that, yep. you know, there was, my, my dad's a huge hockey fan and it was a little bit disappointing for him. But then, you know, fast forward a little bit, 10, 15, 20 years at being in the bodybuilding world and seeing success I've had and, and they've, you know, saw the, the passion that I had for the sport and, and the success ultimately made them very proud and supportive of everything I've done. Right. Yeah. Especially it's hard not to, I mean, your last name, you Google that, you know, so for your parents, your stuff is everywhere, you know, if they (laughs) Google your last name, so they kind of don't have a choice in it. Right. But, uh, no, it's amazing that you've actually had some support because I know bodybuilding, even Arnold himself, you know, I've read his books and he had zero support. He was in the military, had to like run away and do all that Mm -hmm. thing. So to be able to start a very selfish sport with, support has to be a really good head start, you know, in the, in the sport itself. Now, has your parents been like supportive of pretty much everything you've done or have you over, ever had like some really shitty dips that you're not too proud of? I mean, we all have, have moments where, you know, we, we fail or don't always meet up to expectation of things. And, and I think, um, you know, they, they want to see me be, successful but they also want to see me be healthy through life too you know and and they want to um they see the toll the sport plays bodybuilding in general is a very physically demanding sport also very um mentally Mm -hmm. demanding sport and it's it requires a lot of sacrifice um yeah there's a lot of times where i've had to skip out on holidays or i was you know training or competing or or whatever it is and i went able to make uh, events family events um so that's the downside of bodybuilding that obviously takes away from family life. But um, <clears throat> pursuing something at a very high level does require that. And I think if, if somebody's truly supportive of you, they're going to back you through that. You know, they're going to understand if you, okay, hey, you have to go somewhere, you know, because a lot of bodybuilding is on the weekends. So a lot of events for families are on the weekends. So, you know, if I have to make appearances, I have to guest pose, I have to compete, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that I have to make in decisions. Hey, do I do it? Do I spend family time or do I, you know, do the event that I have to do? So, um, yeah, that was, that was always, I've always tried to create a balance with that because if, if you kind of get too far into all you do is bodybuilding, you're either one going to get burned out or two, you're going to lose all the support you have. So I always try to create balance of, especially my downtime where I have friends, family, spend a lot more time doing that kind of stuff um, just to kind of create some normalcy to <laughs> to a very unnormal career. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and speaking on balance, up until like a few years ago, you were still an active firefighter. Yeah. So, so you were training full time and then still at the firehouse. Yeah. How much? First of all, how much shit did you get from your your firehouse buddies for wearing posing shorts? Oh, I, I got to know that. Like, especially being a younger guy, you know, rookie at first, you know, they they ask all the questions and and they'll look up all the pictures online and then you know print them off and put them all over with smiley faces or weird shit all over. I mean, that's just firehouse stuff. That's like. That, that, that is, uh, it's like high school locker room all over again, you know, just joking around and pranks and everything. Um, but I think 
this being kind of doing both allowed me to pursue the career of bodybuilding at the level I did. Yeah, obviously, to be able to fund the travel, the competing expenses, all that kind of stuff, you have to have mm -hmm. a, a good source of income. But it also taught me a lot about myself, a lot how to overcome adversity, how to um, under extreme stresses, how to deal with it, not to stress over small things like, oh my gosh, I got to eat right now, but I got, I'm on a call and I won't be able to eat for another hour. Was that going to make a difference? It, it didn't, may have it made a difference a, a little bit, but I didn't make it an excuse to not always be my best. And um, yeah. ultimately the guys were end up being very supportive of it just because, you know, I always, I never, I never excluded myself from anything because of, Hey, I got a, I'm a bodybuilder. I can't do this. I just, you know, would always kind of make my way around and, and fit in as I could. Yeah. Yeah. So this may be completely way out in left field, but uh, so I'm a nutritionist by mm -hmm. trade and I traditionally work with uh, martial arts, um, combat athletes. And so we have the big weight cut, you know, leading up to, to everything and fighting is it's a team sport, but it's also the same thing of you're the only one in that right. cage, you know, and uh, I've seen fighters take losses very bad. Um, when their entire life is riding on like this win or, you know, a tournament coming up or for whatever it is. And um, you, you were speaking about like, you know, becoming the best version of yourself and everything. Do you do anything outside of the physical workouts? You know, obviously we can all tell that you, you know, you've been top 10 Mr. Olympia before you've won the Arnold Brazil, you know, like you've been on shark tank, by the way, <laughs> what the hell? You've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, but how do you, like, are you doing anything extra to kind of help out with the, the mentality of things? Because yeah. I know, especially now in the time that we're in, it seems to be okay for men to say that, you know, we need to help or I don't know how to do this or whatever. And so I'm trying to take that and run with it and see what other people are using for their process. And if I'm way off topic here, you can just no, no, I think this is but... good because this is something that I've really kind of leaned into real heavy the last uh, couple years and especially this last year of my life. I think, um, you know, like we're physical specimens, bodybuilders. You look at them, you're like, wow, it looks, you know, it's kind of like going to a zoo and seeing a big lion. You're like, oh, yeah. shit, look at that. It's awesome. But I think, um, yeah, yeah. you know, one of the things, um, especially in the day and age that we're in and the, the, the things we've faced as a society and, and people and the, the, how fast society moves nowadays, I think, you know, the mental aspect of things plays a big role. Um, the mental health. Um, and, and I've spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of money on, on you know, I have a, a life coach that I talk with pretty much weekly. I think, uh, you know, I have a body coach, but I also have to get, get this, you know, keep that in line. Um, I partake in some men's groups at church. Uh, we meet every Saturday. It's a mighty men. It's just, you know, when you sur you got to really surround yourself with with good positive energy. Um, uh, you people that produce good in life, like in life, that want good, that not just energy c consumers, but people that you know feed into. You, you kind of feed each other, you know, life and very. That's kind of how I surround yeah. myself with those kind of people. Um, and, you know, I, there's just certain things that are too valuable to give up. Like, you know, you have limited amount of time on, on this earth. Your, your energy and your peace are just things that, that right. I'm very protective of now, um, especially when it comes time when, it, it, you know, with my wife. Like, I, if I don't let anything kind of get in the way, if, if there's time I need or I want to be, like, 
unless like the world's exploding, we have to go do something like I'm, <laughs> there's times that I'm just unavailable because of that, you know, but that's, that's creating a good yeah. mental um, environment for myself. It's not like chaotic and always just going, going, going. Cause there's, there's that aspect of what we do. And even in the entrepreneur world and business world is everybody's got to grind, 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 grind 24 seven. It's like, okay, you're going to grind yourself in the dirt unless you have some kind of balance or, or have some kind of outlet that you're able to enjoy or have. Um, so yeah, I've spent a lot of time, you know, I have some outlets, like I enjoy cars, I enjoy guns. Um, you know, those are like some things I like to do, the blow off steam, I love concerts, rock concerts, that kind of stuff. So those are like things I do outside of the industry that allows me to focus on other things other than just talk bodybuilding 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah, cause so for me, I'm uh, I'm actually recovering from a car accident right now. And uh, like the sa almost same thing happened a year ago. Like I was out for like eight months due to an injury. Um, but before that, I was in the gym every single day. You know, 2.30 hit, you knew where I was. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, I was on the gear. I was taking everything, you know, like it was, it was my world. And I created a community around it um, with all my friends and everything. But it it did grow to be a little toxic mm -hmm. at times, especially in the gym culture, um, at least in my area anyway. And so getting out of that and not being able to train, not being able to, you know, even go to jujitsu or Muay Thai and having that physical outlet, it's kind of like brought up more shit than I was anticipating. And so one thing that's always appealed to me about uh, bodybuilding is confidence. Yeah. Because you have, you have to have confidence, you know, to imposing trunks, you're oiled up and you're walking out on stage, especially in, like at the level you're doing it, you know, you're doing it at the elite, the highest level you can do mm -hmm. it and you have to have confidence. And so kind of like trying to figure out who I would talk to for me, it, it's not about, um, you know, the, the notoriety of the person's name or anything. It's their experiences and what they've been able to do. And so for you, you've, You've been everywhere. Mm -hmm. I've like I've seen you on Shark Tank. You know you're on the Mr. Olympia stage. You got your own businesses. You're on every podcast you can think of. And so I guess I'm just trying to uh, see if I can't pull out some sort of things that you do to create confidence in yourself. I guess if that kind of yeah. Makes sense. No, that, that's it's, a, it's a that absolutely, man. And, and trust me, there's times where I fight with that too. It's not a you know I don't walk around always. Um, you know, there's times where there's doubt that sits in. There's times that, you know, you're like, am I going to be ready for a show or something? But I, I, could, yeah. I could give you a really good example of, I remember the first few years I did the Mr. Olympia competition. And I remember walking on stage almost as like a fan because I was like, man, this is awesome. There's 10,000 people in the audience. There's the best guys in the world, yeah. guys I've looked up to. I remember like one of the first Olympias, it was like there was three Mr. Olympias on this stage. It was Cutler. Uh, Dexter and Phil, and I'm like, man, Jesus. I was like, as you know, here I am, at, at, <laughs> in a mid twenty year old kid was just like bug eyed, like holy crap, I can't believe I'm I'm here. And yeah. I had, I was confident in in what I do, but at the same time, I knew I didn't quite have if I didn't have the confidence to, I, I didn't feel like I projected the confidence I needed. And then over time, as that, that developed and, and I've improved my physique and I've made the changes I needed to make and improvements, now when I walk on stage, I'm like, man, it's my show to win. Like, it's just a different confidence and mentality that I have going into shows now. 
Um, and I could just really remember going from not being very confident, even though I'm a pretty confident person, but at the same time, there's a different confidence when you walk on stage and you feel like I already won before I walked on, you know? Um, and it, it's, and it usually entails like making sure you do everything that it takes to get to the point you want to be in the bodybuilding world. It's making sure, you know, your diet's been on point, your training's on point, your cardio's on point. You're not, you're not missing anything or say shit, you know, only if I did, yeah, I kind of skipped out of some cardio or maybe if I didn't have a cheat meal that wasn't, you know, scheduled and stuff like that, it, those things make the difference. And I never want to go back and have a regret, man, if I, if I only did. So my thing is doing life without regrets, knowing if I give it a hundred percent, um, you know, I feel it'll be successful, even if it's not necessarily a win. And there's a lot of times in this sport, you know, there's only one winner and it's a judge sport. So you're up to the judges, what yeah. they want to see. And there's a lot of times, you know, people like certain physique, people like my physique over a lot of other guys physique. So they're going to think I'm the winner, but then they're going to say, well, how come you didn't win? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. I think I should have won, but at the same time, like a win in this sport is always bringing your best improving show to show doing the things that you have to do to, to, you know, in, when the, when the uh, spotlight's not on you, when it's not time to get on stage, but it's like, Hey, it's time to work behind the scenes. It's doing those things that really make the difference. Um, that builds the confidence that is a win for your fans, a win for you. Like that's if people start talking like this recent show I just did in Texas, I placed third, um, my backyard. I felt like, man, I'm going to go in this show. I'm going to bring it and I'm going to win this show. You know, and end up third place. Obviously, not where I wanted to be. Um, you know, a lot of people out there supporting me, and it's does there feel like a disappointment? Absolutely. But the win is knowing what I brought. The people that are there supporting me and have always been supportive of me. Uh, the fans that say, "Man, you looked great," and and people kind of talk about it, like, "Hey, Steve should have won," or "Steve should have placed here," and, and that creates a lot of buzz. And that's kind of one of the things you got to ride in this industry. Yeah, yeah, it's. I know I brought up the uh, the Shark Tank thing a couple times, but I wanted to kind of segue into just a portion of that because um, you brought up your wife and your family. They're obviously a big part of your life. And watching that episode, um, you can tell that you you and your wife are very close and you have a very strong business and relationship. And you're referred to online as the kooks or the whatever it was. <laughs> gonna, I saw, like, actually, we, uh, <laughs> we got divorced last year. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah. right. no. no 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 it's cool because it was i just read so much shit yeah. that i mean with you saying that it kind of makes it a little bit easier to talk about um like how are you keeping your personal life out of the media i guess you know because with bodybuilding yeah exactly because with bodybuilding it's like you said, it is a, it's a big high school. Yeah. You know? yeah. I and, mean, yeah, you were in the industry. You kind of, you got a taste of it. So you said, yeah. Yeah. So like, how are you, and I guess it's almost impossible for you to keep your personal life out of yeah. the media. So how are you, how are you keeping sane? I, I guess that's really, I, I a lot that's a good question too. I mean, I don't over consume myself with social media. I don't try to, I don't live on it like some people do. And I, and I don't get my, like, um, you know, we all feel like we have to have this acceptance or like, man, am I acknowledged or accepted based on who I am or what I've accomplished? And, and I don't necessarily base my worth or value on the number of likes I have on a photo or my followers or anything like that, like the number of followers. And yeah. um, because the same person you're going to see online, the same person you're going to meet in person for me, it's, I'm not two people. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of fake shit online. There's a lot of, you know, you'll see somebody and the way they are. And, and then you kind of meet them in person. Like, man, that person's an asshole. Yet they look like they're the nicest person ever, uh, you know, online or, or so there, there's a lot of yeah. that. Uh, but I, I just like to be authentic. And I think people respect that. They like to know, you know, who I am, what I am, what I'm about, but I don't over consume myself with it. And it's easy to do that. I mean, social media is, is they, they've worked every psychological angle of how to get you addicted to the likes, the follows, the, the yeah. staying online. Like I have time. I mean, like at a certain point at the night, like I'll just turn my phone off or not really turn it off, but just put it away. Like I, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to spend mm-hmm. time with my wife, going to focus on, you know, quality time versus doing other things, you know, that may consume or not mentally be the best thing for me. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, another thing, like in talking about confidence and there's a, um, I don't know how to put this. There's like, I guess call it the dark side of bodybuilding, you know, like the, the untalked about side. Um, I don't want to dive into, to cycles and I don't care, you know, like it's, it, it doesn't really matter what, what I'm worried about is the psychological aspects because um, I've ran plenty of cycles um, and I've been able to attach my confidence and my self-worth to what I physically looked like. And then you start taking trend and you look amazing and then you get <laughs> off of it. And, and I would have, you know, these ups and downs of how I would physically and mentally yeah. feel. Um, a lot of that was attached to like confidence and like, if I didn't look a certain way, I wouldn't be able to go talk to a certain girl, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just how my brain works, but I know that I'm not the only one. Um, and then we've also had quite a few deaths recently, you know, from that's in the bodybuilding world. And so, um, again, steroids are bringing, being brought to the forefront, you know, in the media. And I just kind of wanted to get your take on it, everything. And especially, you know, the 18 year olds that are hopping on already yeah. and like eating Rice Krispie treats and drinking 500 milligrams of caffeine and <laughs> running a gram of test a week. It's, I, I don't understand what's going on. So I was hoping that you could kind of give some insight and uh, tell these people to stop. There's, yeah, because there's a lot of bad information out there. And it kind of started with the Rich Piana, Boston Lloyd kind of stuff that you'd see a lot of the. Yep them posting ridiculous cycles, ridiculous amount of gear that <clears throat> I don't, I, I have three CCs. I don't know how anybody could take that much, let alone like suggest or, or recommend. And, and I don't know how more people haven't gotten in trouble because of that. You know, the amount of ridiculous yeah. stuff they, they put out there to me and one is dangerous. So anytime I always say like, Hey, do your research, like look into this person, maybe, or how much you consult a doctor first, because there's a lot of doctors now. It's not as taboo. Obviously, the TRT and the, the, the hormone replacement doctors, there's a lot more of that. In it. And it's like bodybuilding is like it's it's like this gray science that nobody really talks about and it's not really studied. But it is its own little science because it's like you it's the, the things that the bodybuilders do or the way we've changed our bodies and done things. You're like, man, that whatever it is, it really worked, even though it's not studied, you know. Yeah. Um, so going back to the, the bad information that's out there, it's, I just, I caution, especially younger guys. Like for me, I was, you know, I started competing young, but I was natural all my teen years into my early twenties. Like I, I, there was no, I didn't cause there goes, there becomes a dependency on like 
you think of addiction kind of as alcohol or other drugs, but there can be addiction to steroids in a way because of the way it makes you look and feel. So, yeah, 100%. and like you just talked about. So to me, it's, um, you know, if, if you're able to have confidence in yourself, um, and always strive to be the best version of yourself. Like I can't walk around 24, seven, 365 looking like I look on stage, like a, you know, like a carved out of granite. Yeah. Like you just can't do that. So I, you know, I, I've learned to kind of be peaceful and, and content with, Hey, there's a time when you have to not look like that and you're going to be softer and, but you just have to be confident in the way you look. You still look better than 99.9999% of the people out there because you, you know, you, one, you work yeah. out, you eat good. Are you going to be hard and grainy and all that kind of stuff? Like it's just not realistic or is it healthy over time? Um, so you got to think of what may seem like an instant gratification thing, especially if you're younger, you're like, man, I'm going to do all this gear. And I know these guys in the, in my gym do it. And, but man, if you just eat right, you train hard, you do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself, you're going to get results. Taking steroids don't give you muscles. Like there's the genetic factor. There's so many things that play in, in the roles of putting on muscle, but, um, you know, it's like somebody like, Oh, if I took them, I'd look just like, it took as much, it took more than Steve took. I'd look better than him or something. I'm like, Oh, you can, but I don't think that's the case. Like yeah. been doing this a long time. And I mean, it's, there's a lot of little parts of the equation that play in into it, but, um, just staying really, um, I because we do live in that society of instant gratification. So I'm always like, think about yeah. long-term <laughs> think about like, Hey, you know, are you, everybody thinks like if I compete in a show or I turn pro, my life's going to change. Like, no, it's not really, you're not getting a multimillion dollar contract based on you being an IBB pro, you know, it's still going to be a lot of work, time, effort, money, um, that goes into it. So, um, just think long-term. A lot of people like, hey, I'm going to quit school and my job to compete and eventually become, I'm like, hold on, pump the brakes. Like, that's not what I did. I'll give you a good, you know, follow kind of what I did a little bit and you'll, you'll have success in it. Cause you'll be able to, you know, I worked two jobs. I, you know, just put my head down and never gave up. Even when I didn't win, you just keep going. And, and through that it's, you know, just could taught me how to get through life. And no matter what stresses or factors come against, you're going to get through it. Yeah, you touched on one thing, um, addiction. Um, so I went to a rehab about four and a half years ago for alcohol and opiates and been sober ever since. And uh, But I noticed that a lot of my personal like character defects, we'll call them, would pop out when I would go to the gym and I would have more of that ego-driven confidence mm -hmm. type thing that I would get from the gym. And so that's something that I've had to kind of like circle away and back off from because like you said it's not something that you can do or you can't really sustain mm -hmm. so with that how long do you plan on doing this because i mean like you've already been a firefighter you know you you're you have your own businesses you're all over the place do you have like an end goal of how long you're wanting to do this before you kind of Man, you know, I, I, down. everything I've done in my career has been really fitness oriented or base. So it's, it's, you know, do I, plan, mm -hmm. like, I look at guys like I really looked up to and idolized coming up with somebody like Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler really turned his passion yeah. into a career, which, which I did as well. And then, and then monetizing it, monetized on different things, creating his own lines, creating, um, you know, having his own show, I have like my own bodybuilding shows and I, I've, I've created, you know, parallel yeah. lines and, and whatnot. But 
through that, it's all been kind of in the fitness realm of, so even when I stop competing, whether it's a year or two years, like I don't plan on going deep in my forties competing by any means, you know, like some guys and, and I want to be set up mm -hmm. enough financially and through business to have enough, you know, income coming in that it's when I stop competing, I'm going to use what I've done on stage and use that as a platform to go to the next chapters in life of business and stuff like right. that. Yeah, you don't plan on being a Dexter Jackson? <laughs> no, no. Dude, I have no idea. How old is he now? He's, He's in his mid-50s. Mid-50s. There's a couple yeah. guys um, that did the Texas Pro. Um, Kamal is 51, I think. Um, uh, and he's in the open, not in he Masters. He was in open, yeah. And then, um, wow. Uh, Phil Klahar is, I believe, in his early fifties as well. So, I mean, my hats off to those guys for as amazing they look. But there's no way that you know, I as I know what I have to do as far as how hard I train and heavy I have to train to get yeah, the yeah, look yeah. I want, and to try to do that for the next ten years. Like, I want to be able to have a comfortable life and not be walking around like you know Coleman. Um, to where I'm in, you know, limping around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to not reference Coleman because he's such an amazing dude yeah. and he was such a pioneer in the sport and for everything that he did for bodybuilding, that motherfucker still hack squatting or like leg pressing and he's still, still he going just... at it, but he, he can barely walk. It's uh, God. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Um, it's like Dexter Jackson. I don't know how he does it. I'm 36, and I feel like my body's about beat to shit already. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, know I know. Good. Like, especially coming <laughs> off the, the shows that I've I've done this year, and it's been a lot. Like, I competed at the Arnold in March, did the Boston uh, toward the mid mid end of March, and then the Texas show here uh, a few weeks ago, and it. It's a long, a lot of year, like a lot of weeks training, a lot of you know beating up the body, and and like there's there's a physical exhaustion and there's the mental exhaustion with it. So it's like okay, I need some time to to regroup and get everything kind of to where it recharges, you know, and and um, yeah, and kind of going back to the one question you had about like bodybuilders and longevity and and some of the issues yeah, we've yeah. had, um, kind of we missed that, but I want to circle back on it, um, you know guys pour their life into this sport and um part of me wishes the sport was more farther into like a um uh, public eye or not looked down upon because of like a, a negative connotation but more on right. a like hey you know these are athletes these are people that pour their life in in soul into it like i wish it was monetized better i wish there was more sponsorship kind of involved uh more on an elite level but it's not, but there's, you know, people that do this sport really pour their life into it. And, and like you said, over the last couple of years, there's been um, a lot of deaths in the sport. And it's kind of been an eye opener for a lot of people, including myself. Like, you know, is it worth it? Is the things we do worth, you know, uh, the the yeah. potential negative side effects of things? Um, that's something yeah. I really what thought about, the, you know, and, and what is the culture like around that right now with because you're you're like the epicenter of the bodybuilding mm -hmm. world whereas i haven't even really been training in a few years so i'm way outside and i only know what the general population you know of like a cedric mcmillan or not cedric, but you know you have another death and then it's just like oh well maybe if they weren't pumping their veins full of all this oil you know yeah. and like it's just the the lack of education to to think that that's all it is um what's it like being on the inside 
So those were your, not just your competitors, but those were also your yeah. friends as well. Yeah, guys I've competed with and known guys. for years and years. And, and you know, it's like even if we don't see each other for a few months and then you see each other, it's like you, like it hadn't missed a beat and, and you know, laughing and joking. And, hey, yeah. remember this? And backstage we did this. And, I mean, there's a lot of great memories with it. But, you know, seeing some of these guys, the John Meadows, the Cedric McMillan's, you know, the George the Bull, like those guys that I've known yeah. and, and you see that and you're like, Man, that's just that, that that's a, a it hits home. It really does. And um, I think there's some factors in there that we'll never know or that, um, you know, you kind of piece some things together. Like, you know, were there some health issues that they were unaware of? Were, you know, I, I don't believe it. it's solely steroids. I, I don't. I think there's a factor that plays in yeah. that because, I mean, people have been doing that 100%. for tens and 20s and 50s plus years, you know, and, and not having issues. Um but if you have an underlying issue and you don't know it and you're exacerbating something or not taking care of yourself like you should, um, there's going to be issues. But I also, you know, I'm going to get flack on this, but there's there's a lot of correlation to some of the guys that, that passed had, had gotten like multiple vaccines with the COVID stuff. And, and that makes you throw a red flag because... They're yeah. showing a lot of blood clot issues and a lot of, you know, with, with the vaccine. And if you take yeah. into account, like, you know, how our blood changes, you know, in, in, in a chemical form with, with there's, I'm sure there's some factors in there. If you really kind of dug into that, that wormhole, you, you're going to find out some things that I think people don't really want to, you know, know, but could be the, the contributing factors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was, I know I got to get you out of here soon, but that was one thing that I wanted to talk about was how you got through COVID mm -hmm. just as a, com as a competitive bodybuilder. I mean, like the Arnold was like going to get shut down and then not shut down and then it got shut down, but they're still going to do the show. And when do you start cutting and where's your diet at and all that stuff and all that's got to play with your mental health. And then you get thrown into COVID. Yeah. You know, now you're now you can't compete. The gyms are closed down and you're finding out that some of your closest friends are passing away, you know, um, and then we'll kind of kind of end on this note. But how 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 what did you do to get through that period? And what are you doing to kind of continue forward mm -hmm. in a better there, you know, I think project. there's still some residual from that whole period of, of, you know, the sport took a hit in general. You know, the, the expos have gone away for the most part and have slowly started to kind of come back. The Arnold had its expo this year. It was two years after the fact of, um, you know, when it initially hit the, the, the COVID stuff. But um, right. And, and and even as a promoter myself, the way I do shows, um, you know, put on I put on three shows, one in dallas one in uh, michigan and then one in uh, wyoming um, they've all kind of definitely went down 20 30 percent in numbers and have slowly um you know are picking up back to kind of a, as far as competitors yeah, or yeah, uh competitor just spectators. yeah okay. so it's all starting to kind of come back it's, yeah. but it's definitely slower than than anticipated um but for me it's it's always been mindset for me with things it's always keeping a real positive mindset um you know, even even when people are down and people are like, you know, kind of Debbie Downers with things, I'm like, come on, like, we got to do this. We got, you know, I've always kept that positive, motivated kind of um, mentality. And, and through that, it's gotten me through a lot of the, the hard times. Um, 
you know, surrounding myself with good people. Like one of my best friends owns the gym and I train with him and he owns the gym. So I kind of had the, the ability during COVID, we just went in there a couple of guys and we were able to train, thank God. Right, but, yeah. in the, you know, for most people, no, they couldn't do that. So um, for me, it's, it's not one of the things that I could recommend to anybody that probably have instant happiness start coming back is don't watch the freaking news. <laughs> like you watch the news, it's all negative and you yeah. just, after a while just want to like go out in the street and get hit by a car. Cause it's, it's terrible. Like, yeah, I don't watch the news. Like I'll read some headline stuff and, and, and kind of, you know, maybe read into it a little bit, but I'm not, it's not most 99% of that does not affect my life. And, and it's not going to, you know, me, I, I really focus on keeping my wife happy, keeping a roof over our head, doing what I have to do. Yeah, the crazy shit that's happening nowadays with inflation and all this other stuff that sucks. But at the end of the day, like some of the, what most of what the news talks about, and they, it's all the negative, negative shit out there. Like it doesn't affect my life, so I'm not gonna listen to it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very, very good advice. <laughs> I know, I, I shut everything off and uh, focus strictly on MMA, to where like my news feed was only uh like youtube and i would only watch like interviews of fighters yeah. and what was going on in the fighting world just to shut the rest of the world right. off because i couldn't i couldn't even listen to like podcasts anymore you got like joe rogan saying one thing and then like the whole world's going against him but what he said seemed to make sense and then you got like these people over here saying this and this yeah. and it was just so much that i just needed to shut yeah. off and then just see what happened yeah. You know, and and nothing bad happened. If anything, I I lost some people in my friend group that, in all reality, they needed to go. Yeah. And I feel like kind of having that time, um, it was a good reset for me. I don't know about the rest of the world, and it definitely sucked, and it's still happening. Right. But I think you, if there was a way of taking advantage of it, it was definitely to uh, kind of reset. Something. It really did. So, it, we did. You know, there's family members, friends, like you said, that, that, you know, you, that kind of got really sucked into what was being said. And, and, and it's a shame that it created such divisiveness in this world and, and in the, the society we live versus like being able to come together a little bit. And, and, and because there was just so much different information you'd hear on things. So that's why at some point yeah. I was like, I just got to turn this shit off. Like none of this makes sense. <laughs> like one person says completely yeah. opposite and, and, so I'm just gonna live my life and, and not be live in fear. Like if you just go do yeah, the things like and take care of myself, like, Hey, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to get in the sun. I'm not going to wear a mask that prevents good oxygen getting in my lungs. Like I'm going to do the yeah. things that I know to do to stay healthy. And, and that's what I did. Yeah, no, that was a really crazy period. I'm glad it's over. Cause I mean, you couldn't touch metal surfaces on Tuesday <laughs> and by Wednesday, you couldn't bring your own grocery oh, bag into the store. And it, it was just a fucking chaotic yeah mess. so um yeah i can we'll go ahead and uh, end on that but why don't you uh give my listeners a chance to kind of see where they can find you online sure. um and you have three shows yeah. um do you have any of those shows coming up uh, yeah the uh, wyoming, wyoming show it's the yellow kukula classic yellowstone it's going to be um uh, mid-october so if anybody's in that area okay. wants to get a little there's going to be a full little expo we're doing like a deadlift and arm wrestling competition with the bodybuilding stuff so trying to expand that oh, nice. Uh, continue to grow that. And then, um, you know, at Steve Kuklo on Instagram and Facebook are just my handles there. And um, I'm always uh, pretty open to questions and emails and whatnot. So it's like people that message me, they always think it's some 
you know, different person, but generally I, I handle right. all my stuff, unless you're an a-hole just trying to talk shit that you wouldn't do it in person, but you do it online <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Most people are cool and, they, and they're people really respectful. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, man. I, uh, it's been an honor having you on. It's been thanks, a pleasure. Um, so, so thank you for coming on and uh, sharing your story. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you, you got soon. got it, man. Thank you. Thank you.